Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. A seven-goal thriller game. I wasn't expecting that down yet. Amex Stadium, 5-2 to Brighton. Uh, where do you think it went wrong for Leicester City, though? Uh, I think both. I think I think in terms of their attack and play, at, at times wasn't good enough. And in possession, they looked poor. They looked like trying to play out. Danny Ward looked like he didn't understand how to play out at times. The centre backs didn't help in terms of not playing forward quick enough. Um, so in possession, they didn't look like they, they had an idea what they were trying to do, which is unusual for Brendan Rodgers' teams because he's he's really he, that's what he's known for in terms of having the ball. Um, I thought without the ball. They looked poor as well. Maybe Thomas was the only one that was making contact with people in terms of any type of aggression came from him. Um, and then in transitions, they were poor as well. They, they, they emptied midfield a lot. And you can see that with the fourth goal where they've um, they just emptied in midfield. Wapu just has the freedom of the park to drive through. He's one-on-one with Evans, but Casado helps him on the outside. And But that was the story of the game where any time they coughed up the ball and he coughed it up quite a lot. Madison, in particular, was really poor on the ball. Any time he done that, Brighton were just straight down their throats, and Brighton totally deserved to win the game. You talked to John before the game about Danny Ward in goal, a very inexperienced goalkeeper. Perhaps wasn't expecting to be the number one, but I think we were all taken a bit aback when Casper Schmeichel left the club, and we know the kind of calmness that Casper Schmeichel brought to that defensive area for Leicester City over the last number of years. He was there for so long. Leaves the club, Danny Ward comes in. He's got 26 Welsh caps, but not very much experience in the Premier League. In fact, his last full season in league football was with Huddersfield back in 2015 2016. Can you maybe just tell people or explain to people what can happen to a defence when you've got so many different defenders, but as well when you've got a goalkeeper like that who maybe isn't filling the rest of his team with confidence? Yeah, and listen, this isn't, before we, we speak about that, it wasn't his fault that he lost the game today. Yeah. Their outfield players were really poor. But what, what, from a goalkeeper's point of view and from Leicester's point of view, they had continuity, they had consistency, they had familiarity with Schmeichel. And then they lose him. Now, how they, they're willing to sell him without having somebody lined up to come in and replace him that has a bit more quality than Ward has and a bit more experience than Ward has, that's a poor business decision from Leicester City's point of view. So, in fairness, that's not on Rodgers neither. But it, when, you're, when you're used to having a goalkeeper behind you that you have trust in them, when you lose that trust in them, it can, it can affect, it can filter down to the team. You, you defend a little bit differently. You're, you're a little bit more nervous in your defending, but you're also a little bit more less calm as well. So you end up blocking shots maybe or jumping out to block shots that you'd normally be a little bit more calmer in because you don't want to give up shots on your goal you, you try and block crosses a little bit sort of you overcommit it'd be the word I'd use you'd over, you'd overcommit the crosses or you overcommit the shots and, it, and what happens is you get checked a lot by the by the, the centre forward or the winger and then the cross will come in and anyway or you get checked and they open up the goal and bend the, into the far side of the pitch so Again, it's not just on Ward, but the fact that Leicester haven't got somebody to come in and replace Michael, who's been a mainstay in the club for the last 10 years, was there when they won the FA Cup, was there when they won the Premier League. And the, I know we, we spoke about it as well, about his age profile. Maybe they thought they'd cash in now and get the money. But unless you have somebody lined up to do that, you're, you're setting your team off on the back foot going into the start of the Premier League season. Absolutely. And 
I suppose transfers is the big thing for Rogers. That's his big complaint. And we saw the owners coming clean with the supporters last week in the programme notes or during the week, I should say, to say that look, they they spent so much over the last few seasons, they don't have the money there to spend on transfers. They brought in one player, Fout Face, who stayed on the bench today. And Brendan Rogers just looks really, really unhappy. And you just wonder, you know, has he kind of packed it in almost himself and, and could we see him maybe leaving before Christmas? Um, I think if, the, if there's a disconnect between what the owners can give you and what you, you as a manager want to, to achieve with your team, I think that that's going to cause disruption at the club. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'd see Rodgers leave over that. I know we had similar arguments with, with Liverpool about their... Um, that they had a group of people that the was transfer the committee. transfer committee yeah. and I know he didn't agree with that and eventually one of the reasons he's left Liverpool was because he called that out he says I don't know who we're signing that's down to the committee and it's one of the reasons that, that um, I think Liverpool lost patience with him and, and moved them on and um, at Celtic he had a freedom to sign who he liked and he had that um, he had ultimate control of the football club really but he delivered success for them so that's what came I think when he got the job at Leicester it was maybe to try and push on and challenge for Champions League places and to try and break that monopoly of the top four um, and always be in the top six but again you can't help businesses business around the world are being affected by loads of different things some clubs have come through stronger some haven't and Leicester are one of, one of the ones that have struggled and I, I think Leicester fans would rather the club was run digital, dil, diligently rather than overspending and something happen where the club gets put into trouble financially. So from that point of view, I think uh, that the owners have to be careful. So just to move on to Brighton then, because I don't want to spend too much time yeah. talking about Leicester, the side who are really struggling, but it is interesting to see them anchor to the bottom after a few games, and it's hard to see a way out for them at the moment. But Brighton were really, really good today. They were <laughs> Do you very, know what? very good. I, I'm, I'm smiling here because they were actually a joy to watch. Me and you had great fun commenting on them. They were brilliant. Some of the goals they scored and the disallowed goal is unbelievable. But their movement was really good. They played a right-footed uh, wing-back on the left side. They played a left-footed wing-back on the right side. And when they checked inside, um, Wapu and Casado made them runs in them inside channels. And Gross, that allowed Gross to then wander and cause trouble and pick little pockets to play, um, he played off the front, he drifted out to the right side, he drifted out to the left hand side, he set up goals, um, McAllister pinned them all together for me, he allowed them front five to go and attack, and in fairness to Welbeck, he, he was the focal point that allowed, if, if and when they needed to go centrally and play into him and hold up the ball, he did it, and he brought their other players into the game, some of the touches around the edge of the box were fantastic, and some of the goals they scored were, were really, and it was actually, they were really enjoyable to watch it, and I'm smiling here talking about them as much as I think Leicester look like they're struggling, their body language is poor as players, um, Rogers even body language on the sideline looks defeated at times as well but full credit to Brighton, they were fully deserving of the win today, they were excellent, they were actually unlucky to go in at two all at half time yeah. and in, in fairness the goal as well that McAllister scores that then gets chalked off, took a little fizz over for about five minutes but then for them to go on and finish the game uh, with 5-2 was fantastic. Off the ball. Anthony, Anthony and Anthony. That would be the front three for Manchester United. Martial, Alanga and Anthony. I've laughed or socked off. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. What do you think of Alexis McAllister? What makes him such a good player? What impressed you about him most today? I just... I just thought it was his game understanding the fact that he, he in defensive positions he was fantastic he covered in 
again, Casado, uh, when his other two midfielders were in advanced positions and 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 had, and had gone and joined in the attack, he was the one that gave them cover. I thought if the, if Trossard or March were a little bit too high, he covered in for them as well. If one of the centre backs had to get drawn out, but then he's really comfortable at taking the ball and and making things happen. So he's able to he's able to get a tempo and a rhythm into Brighton and get get the lads onto the ball and get them playing like like you said and. Casado and Iwapu and Gross and Trossard and March, he's the one feeding them and he's letting them go and play, but he's always backing them up and giving them that assurance that they don't get counter-attacked as well. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where he slots in with his Argentina team this winter for the World Cup, because I do think we'll see him out there. But just looking across, and they've got a couple of other players going to the World Cup and Caicedo as well, and Iwapu's another player be going for yeah. with Ecuador. You look across that team today, Trossard, Welbeck, whom you've mentioned, the, the back three as well, Webster, Duncan, Veltman, who slotted in there as yeah. well this season. There isn't really a player you pick out there today had a bad performance. They all contributed in some way. And even the lad that they brought on, you said, was the record sign and the left wing back. He was fantastic. Stupid yeah. yeah. And Lamptey was brilliant for them last year as well. So they do have strength and depth in the, in the areas to come on. Um, but the running power of Casado Wapu today was fantastic, and even Trossard March making runs and inside sometimes. But they chased every lost ball. They kept the ball in play. They didn't let things run out. There was a tempo and there was an enthusiasm about them and an aggression about them in terms of on the ball. People say you can be aggressive off the ball and make tackles, which I didn't think Leicester done enough of that today. But there was an aggression about. Brighton today was that they passed forward and they ran forward and they got forward and they got the five goals off the back of it. They were totally deserving of the win. But that's what they need now across 30 odd games they have left now is consistency. They need to bring that to every match now. Yeah, they do. Again, they're sitting in fourth position. They're punching above their way here when you consider what they're around. You consider the spending power of all the teams around them. Uh, Liverpool's, Manchester, the two Manchester clubs, the, Ar- the North London clubs. Uh, Arsenal and Spurs and then you have Chelsea as well to, to even be in, in amongst that mix if, they, if they're able to be consistent they're breaking into the top six on that performance but again every team is looking for consistency and they're going to come up against teams that will just be on the day be better than them and have more quality on them but if they can if they can go better on their ninth finish place last season they'd be doing really well so if they can break into the top six it'd be great but if you know, it'd be a hell of a season for them to do that it's been a good club as well for, for young Irish players to come over and to learn their trade. And just to ask you finally about Evan Ferguson, because they do lack that focal point in the attack. That's the, the thing supporters worry about so much. Danny Welbeck came in there, did a job today. But Potter has tended to go sometimes with playing a false nine in that team. Supporters have wondered maybe should Evan Ferguson be brought in, given a go. But he is only 17. And Graham Potter, even with players with talent, we saw with Terry Clampty, even before his injury, He's very, um, I suppose, he's very slow about bringing players in. We even mentioned about McAllister earlier on. He didn't get thrown in and, and get a run of games all at the start. So I think that's just the way Graham Potter is. He, he takes time, even with a player like Evan Ferguson, who is, I suppose, he defies science, doesn't he? A fellow 17 years of age, and he's, he's a, a fully grown man, isn't he? You know him yeah. better than me. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, again, I, I think I mentioned on this before, I think, I, um, I, I, obviously I played with Barry, and I've tried. His dad, yeah. yeah. His dad, Barry, played. We played together at Longford um, back in '03 and '04. So I would, and I would have known of Evan as a player coming up because I was involved in schoolboy football. I've tried to sign him a few times and get him out of Kevin's, but he wasn't for moving. Um, 
but he's a fantastic attitude as well and that's the thing and speaking to Barry who, who lives up beside me and, and he's he's really happy with his progress and what Brighton are trying to do and again it's, it, and you touched on the McAllister one it's putting them in so that they continue to have confidence in what they're doing so if they go in and do well and you don't need to leave them play until they don't to take them out they're taking them out off, a, off the back of a good performance I know he played in the League Cup as well I think he made yeah. his debut for them and he scored so they're building them up gradually so that he, he has he's successful and stays in the team or he or he's always making an impact so I, I agree with you I think I think how they're, they're managing them because there is a lot of expectation on them especially from us Irish people as well because we want them to do really well and um, I think they're managing them really, I think they're managing them um, amicably and they're trying to bring them on in step by step with mm. his progress and not put too much on him too soon and that he's the, he's the great hope for Brighton I think, he, I think by the time he's 19 or 20 he could be a regular but that has to be with him, him, him putting in performances, avoiding injuries. His development is in the right way, and and he's gonna learn off the likes of Welbeck. Welbeck's a very experienced player. He's played at Manchester United, you know, played at Arsenal, and um, he's done really well for Brighton today. But you can tell he can learn off the small little things that he picks up, and he probably end up being more clinical finisher than 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 Welbeck. But if he can learn the other bits around his game, he's gonna add to this Brighton team going forward. Great stuff, Graham. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.